Hello, and welcome to Bear Your Soul with Brandy Nicole. Here, we will have real and raw conversations about our minds, bodies, and spirits. Maybe we will laugh, maybe we will cry. We will definitely curse, because you have to go through some shit to get through some shit. And in the end, we are all in this together. I am an entrepreneur, licensed massage therapist, Reiki master, and intuitive healer. And really just someone who has been through a lot in life and somehow became stronger because of it. The intention of this podcast is to share stories about life as painful and as beautiful as it can be in hopes to remind even just one person that we are not alone. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. So now, here are my thoughts for today as your host, Brandy Nicole. Hello, friends, and thank you for joining me. It is I, Brandy Nicole, the one and only, and I am so grateful that you are here taking a little time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. I am on my second episode, and it has taken quite some time to be able to get around to recording this again. And even now, I'm just waiting by the baby monitor for this little man to wake up, and I hope I have enough time to get some of this done. But I got a new new microphone, which a lot of people had suggested to me. I'm working on that new intro. Some people shared that they didn't feel like that intro with the other ladies' foreign voice was a good fit. So you guys are just stuck with what I have to say and hearing me talk even more. So I've been just working on some things, tweaking some things, and trying to figure out what this next episode is really going to be about. And honestly... I had an awesome title for it, and apparently mom brain is real. I never thought I would have it, but here I am, and I completely fried on it. I'm sure I'll come up with it again by the time this is all posted, but I just wanted to give a little bit more information to everyone about my backstory and who I am, and really the kind of person that I am. So I thought I would just start by apologizing in advance to anyone who ends up listening to this and they decide that they don't like me, they don't know who I am, or as they get to know who I am through this podcast, there might be things that I say or share or my thoughts or feelings that really just don't fit for everyone. And that's totally cool. It's a pretty amazing thing. You can just turn it off and go away about, go away and carry on with your business because, um, you know, we are living in this world where everybody kind of feels like they need to be heard and if they have something positive or negative to say and share the need is there to feel like they have to share which I know sounds very ironic as I sit here and talk on a podcast is all about who I am and my need to be heard it's kind of funny but you know whatever here I am so anyway I just want to say I'm sorry to anyone now in the future who ends up listening to something that I have to say and it just doesn't sit well with them. Um, I'm not going to say sorry for who I am. I'm going to say sorry that there may be things that just don't work for you. And it's totally cool if that means you need to just move on and stop listening or stay here and maybe I can say something else afterwards to redeem myself. But I just figured I'd put it out there because you never really know who is going to feel what when it comes to anything that anybody has to say. We surely are in a world where everyone feels like they need to say something and 
really nothing anyone does or says can make everyone happy and I'm just not really trying to make everyone happy what I'm trying to do is share my truth about my life and my experiences and hope that I can help someone anyone really um and moving forward I am going to try my hardest to not use names um just because I think as I dive into some of my deeper stories using names is probably not going to be a positive thing. Now, obviously, that'll be different along the road when there are guests here and those guests might want to, you know, chit chat and we can have some conversations. And I just, you know, this is a whole new world that I'm navigating. So we're going to just kind of figure it out as we go. But for the protection of all of those in my life, and any of those who are in any of my stories that I care to share, I will not be using any kind of names, um, just because that seems like the right thing to do. Uh, also, I'm probably not always going to be PC. I'm no bullshit. I really try to always be no bullshit. And, you know, these are my truths and this is what I found in life. And I think if anybody out there who does know me or has the opportunity to get to know me, whatever, whatever version of that um, they get to know, whether it's the mom version or the businesswoman version or the friend version, I think everybody would be safe to say, it would be safe to say that everyone really knows that I'm no BS and you just, you know what you get with me. And I'm grateful for that because I feel like it's just so much easier. I, I've been in my life having experiences with people who have to say things a certain kind of way or dictate what they do and, and how they do it because they're worried about how it's going to be received and what others are going to think of them or how it's going to be expressed towards other people and it's really just I don't know it just seems so exhausting and a lot of work to kind of keep up with who you are with who you are if that makes sense who you are with whom you are with that makes more sense um, you know because if you're so worried about being a certain kind of way or acting like a certain kind of person then you're really kind of losing that sense of your core and and the person that's on the inside. So I've spent a lot of years trying to not do that. I've spent a lot of years trying to really know who Brandy is and get in touch with her and not have any shame or or concern um, on who that woman is and how it affects other people. I just have gotten to a place where I wake up every day and I try my hardest to be the best version of me that day and hopefully anybody who is experiencing that version of me there's a benefit and then I don't have to exert so much energy thinking about how I need to act um, for certain people or in front of certain people obviously you know I have a filter. I've always said that. I have one filter. It's professional. It's either on or off, which was always really funny when I would be in the massage room with my clients and people would get to know me in the first few sessions. And then as our relationship <laughs> would become 
a little bit more solid or people would be feel a little bit more comfortable with me, um, you know, slowly and gradually that filter would start to um, turn off a little bit and they would hear me cursing or cracking jokes and and honestly, that is what formed some of the best relationships I've ever had with my most favorite clients. Um, I've been so fortunate enough to have over the years. There have been, I call them friend to, table to friends and friends to table. So there are my friends that I've always had or friends and family that have been in my life that end up on my massage table. And then there are the people who started on my massage table and in turn, became really amazing friends because of it. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen often, but there are a handful of people seeing as how I've been doing massage for whew, a long time now. Um, it's almost inevitable, even though in school they tell you, you know, ethically you need to just keep it professional. It's always been professional with me, but it's really hard to not end up having, uh, friendships with some of the people who ended up on my table. I mean, some of these people have been in my life since I was 19 years old, seeing me almost once a month. And the things that I've gone through and the things that they've gone through, you know, uh, you start kind of experiencing life together. And it's hard not to become friends with those people and not to have relationships with those people, not relationships in any romantic way, because I can promise everyone that none of that has ever happened. There's such a firm, hard, no rule that I have always been a stickler for. Um, but you know, just, just the friendships that I've been able to gain, um, over the years have been really phenomenal. So those are the table to friend people that I am grateful to have. And, they have seen both the filter on and off, which is always very funny um, for anyone who first experiences that off filter with me. But it is part of who I am and I'm grateful for it. And hopefully you will be grateful for it too, because I'm not going to really have a filter on here and I'm not really looking to do that extra work to make sure I'm saying and doing all the right things. I'm really just coming to you as real and raw as I can be. So here we are. Um, but you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about my background and my career and uh, why I started doing massage because I feel like a big part of that is a huge indicator of who I am. Um, you know, like I said, I was pretty young when I started doing massage. I was fresh out of high school. Um, I graduated at 17 and that was in 2004. Ugh. And that following spring is when I started massage school. So I was 18 years old by the time I graduated. I was only 19 starting my path on my career. And, you know, a huge part of why I got into massages because I really had no earthly idea what I wanted to do with my life. And there was a lot of pressure from my parents who both, you know, always kind of pushed me to do my best in school, but it was really driven from a place that came from them always seeming to be a bit disappointed in their choices that they made and they didn't want to see me make the same mistakes. So 
often it was, um, Brandy, you have to go to school and you have to go to college because we didn't and you have to, and that's just what needs to happen. So to appease them after high school, I signed up for a community college, um, and I dropped out within the first semester because it was like 13th grade and who the hell wants to go back to high school? I mean, maybe some of you, but surely not me because high school sucked. I mean, in hindsight, I can't imagine going to high school now. Forget about it, my poor kids. But, you know, back then I went to a school, the local school that was huge. And I mean, if you didn't know who you were, you just got swallowed up because um, there was always a lot of kids and a lot of cliques and a lot of groups and a lot of sports and a lot of clubs. And I didn't fit in any of those boxes. And so I had no clue who I was. So of course I did what my parents told me to do. I went to community college and it was probably the first time I started making decisions for myself. And I said, I cannot do this. I cannot sit in this class and suffer through the same way that I did high school and have no freaking clue what I want to do. So I dropped out and my parents were none too thrilled. And I started waitressing full time at a tiny little diner that my boyfriend at the time's grandmother worked at and started waiting tables. And I did that for a bit and kind of just, you know, hung out with my boyfriend and did the teenage girl stuff. And I'll never forget this one day I was at work waiting on this man and he was one of those people who just, you know, didn't seem like he liked life much. So he would come and he would sit there and he would nitpick and, and be grumpy and be alone. And he asked for a glass of milk, which I mean, who the fuck drinks milk at a diner for lunch? I have no, no idea, but this guy did. And when I brought him his glass of milk, you know, with a little bit of room at the top of the glass, he started complaining to me about the price. And if a large glass of milk was going to cost X amount of money, the least I could do would be to fill it to the top. So me being the bitch that I was <laughs> and the spiteful teenager, I didn't take his glass away to fill it up more. I went and got the milk and brought it to the table and filled it to the very brim so that it was impossible for him to pick up the glass without spilling it. And I stood there and watched him attempt to drink it. And he asked me if I, if he could have a straw and in my waitress pouch that was full of straws right in front of him, I told him, oh, we're all out. And I walked away. And when I walked away, I realized I can't do this shit. There's no way in hell I could be a career waitress. I will kill somebody if I keep doing this. So <laughs> that day I went home and said, I need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with myself. And I just started researching different schools in the area. I think I read an article in a magazine about massage therapy. And I thought, okay, I've always been told like, hey, you, you know, you do a pretty good job. I remember when I was younger, my mom's friends paying me a couple bucks to rub their shoulders and my mother with her ugly feet, making me rub her feet because she said I did such a good job. And just a little side note, guys, um, my mother's feet are beyond hideous and 
she like scarred me for life. I hated feet for a very long time. And when I got into massage school and I realized I was going to have to start massaging just everybody's feet, I, I had to get over that real fast. But, you know, maybe it was easy to do because I had started with the worst feet possible in the world. And anything after that was was easy enough. <laughs> but anyway, I said, okay, let me check this out. There was a there was a trade school in my town and I was like, okay, I'm going to go, go look and see what it's all about. And I went in and it just felt right. And I think that was one of the first moments, um, that my intuition really started speaking to me for me. And I decided that that was it. That was my next move. I'm going to go to massage school and I am going to become a massage therapist. And I started at that ripe age of 18. I was only 19 years old when I came out. And it was probably the best move I ever made, um, at least in my earlier years. And it was interesting back then, that was right around the time that like the economy was really starting to tank a few years after that. So I was already a few years deep in my career when a lot of my friends who had decided to go to college were just starting to get out of school and they're out with all of this debt and the economy crashes. And I just, that was divine timing for me. I mean, I could just sit there and say, okay, I have a career and I do not have hundreds of thousands of school debt. And it's a pretty good jump start to this thing called life. You know, looking back at my transition into massage therapy um, and really, you know, my my family background before that, I can see why I chose a career where I was helping other people. Um, you know, when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist because I wanted to understand why my family was so damn crazy. And then uh, I also wanted to be a teacher when I was even younger than that because I wanted to help kind of mold the minds of the tiny little individuals that were going to be changing the world and I even think at one point when I was younger I wanted to be a brain surgeon but to end up in something like massage therapy um, I was in a place where I was able to help people and it's interesting because I can't even tell you like how long it actually took me to feel like I was good at what I did. And that was definitely me working through a lot of that filtered ways that I viewed myself because of what I grew up thinking about myself because of what I heard from my parents and, you know, how that influenced really my self-esteem and what I thought I was and who who I was. Um, so massage, and I, I've said it for years, I've said it to, you know, any of the new massage therapists that would come and work with me and just really anyone that I, that was new to it. It's, you don't find massage therapy, massage therapy finds you. And often we, we end up in these healing careers, um, because we have so much healing that we need to do for ourselves. And that's really what I found as time went on was that with every person that I helped, with every person that I helped heal, 
um, I was healing a little bit of me. And it really, it took me years to believe that I was good. It took me years to believe that I had um, anything worth giving. And I think the transition um, from my first job as a massage therapist to my second, that was that was when I started kind of saying, all right, like this, this is, this is worth saying. I, I'm, I must be pretty good at what I do because the funny thing about massage therapy is I don't, I don't know what my work looks like when I, when my clients walk out the door, it's not like a hairdresser who sees that awesome haircut they just gave them. I just have to go off of what they tell me, um, when they're on the table and after, and you know, maybe the progress that I see from one session to the next with them having, you know, less pain or, or something like that. But the other weird thing about massage is that I will literally never know what my massage feels like, um, which is kind of crazy too. So my constant push for success, my constant fear of failure, which are definitely um, things that all came from, you know, being in such a damaged household and being so scared to fail, it helped me. It was my drive for success. And it's so interesting that it was so rooted in trauma. And that all ended up pushing me into a career where I tried to help as many people as possible. Because I grew up with parents that I I couldn't help or that wouldn't help themselves. And so there was this constant need for that little girl to do all the right things at all the right times or she was heavily punished or love with was withheld or she was ignored or belittled um so as a little girl I learned that I have to always do the right thing and that is that's still my present day shit I mean I can tell every single person that is listening to this anybody that I meet like my stuff has always trickled back to my feeling of not being good enough. And that is what has always pushed me to be as successful as possible because failure was not an option. Um, So when I transitioned to my second job as a massage therapist and the person who was opening the spa actually sought me out because he was told I was the best by a friend of his who came to see me for massage and that if he was going to open this place and have massage therapy in our area, I had to be there because if he didn't have me, then it would be a loss. That was probably one of the first times I actually started thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I must, I must be pretty good. Because when I started doing massage in our area, there was this one guy that did massage locally and everybody talked about him and said he was the best. And I just remember hearing this name over and over again from so many different clients that ended up on my table. And I thought to myself, okay, I want to be that. I want people to talk about me like this one day. I want people to talk about me being the best. And those were like kind of some of those hidden goals that I never really shared with anyone until that time came. And you know, down the road, I got to that place. Um, 
failure was not an option. And my business became pretty successful. You know, I started as just some kid with her massage table traveling to people's houses, charging, oh my God, next to nothing, like a dollar a minute, which is insane if you think about it now, um, just because, you know, everything has changed so much and the price of everything has changed so much. But, you know, I started just walking around with my massage table and my free business cards off of Vistaprint fresh out of school. And next thing you know, time went on. Years later, it morphed into a wellness center that was at one of the busiest intersections in my town. Um, I had multiple treatment rooms. I had multiple employees. I was written up in the local newspaper as a young professional. I won awards for being the best massage therapist in the Hudson Valley multiple years in a row. Um, <clears throat> people uh, had nominated me and I won the 40 under 40 for the local chamber of commerce. And I mean, like I got my business to a pretty booming place. If I do say so myself and that success was completely driven by this broken little girl who was so scared people were going to find out who she really was. I was terrified when I opened up my business that somebody was going to find out that I was just some white trash little girl whose parents were so fucked up and, you know, whose, whose brother got himself into some mess of things. And there was this time that I just felt like I didn't, like, I didn't even deserve it, you know, that it, it was wrong. And, you know, I know this is, this is something called imposter syndrome, where you feel like an imposter in your own successes. You feel like, someone's going to come along and say, oh, nope, nope, sorry, we made a mistake. This is not, this isn't for you. You don't deserve this because you come from a place that isn't shiny and bright and fun. And we're just going to give this to someone else. But, you know, I think as my business grew and I evolved that much more as a young woman and a uh, professional and an entrepreneur, I started recognizing, you know, that really all that it came down to was the hard work and dedication that I had put into. And that was really why my business got to be where it was. And I am so utterly grateful for all of these different transitions that have happened in my life because they've brought me to where I am today. And that's just, you know, that's just a piece of it. Um, it's a big piece of Brandy. That's the Brandy Nicole part. But there's no coincidence that I go by Brandy Nicole. I never wanted people to know my last name because I was probably one of the very few people with that last name that hadn't been to jail or rehab. And it just wasn't something I wanted to broadcast because all too many times had someone said, oh, you're such and such last name. Are you so and so's? daughter or sister and I just wanted to turtle into my shell and pretend like I wasn't even there. So when I started doing massage, I dropped my last name and Brandy Nicole became my new persona and has stuck with me ever since. And you know, I think it has a nice ring to it. Um, definitely one of those names that are not common 
I despised it when I was, you know, in elementary school, but um, now I am grateful to have had that name, which fits the distinct person that I've become. Um, so, you know, here is just a little bit more about me and a little bit more about the beginning of my career and I just wanted to throw that out there and just remind everybody that it really doesn't matter where you come from or who you come from. That does not define who you are. And even if it's something that you start to dive into way later in life, you know, as long as you start to figure out that you are worth everything and that you should be honored and valued for all that you are, that's a beautiful gift you can give yourself. And I hope for every single person out there that that gift is one that they find in their lifetime. So thank you so much today for listening to me go on and on about a little bit more of my story. My hope is that it helped you or maybe just gave you a little piece to think about and that could bring a little peace to your heart today. So I am signing off. Brandy Nicole, bearing her soul.